0: Is real. There's power in your name. We find hope when we trust in your ways. We need you. Jesus
1: is real. Some of us have some pretty gnarly stories, don't we? Where we found ourselves in the gutter and some of us experience destruction on this side of eternity but outside of jesus ultimate destruction was the inevitable outcome the benefit of his healing from our destruction i'm just like walking down the list here that i read to you in psalm 103 he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies all see now that changes now now it's not what he has redeemed us from but what he has brought us into
0: lots of people come to have a relationship with jesus because of a crisis in their lives They realize that they've gone as far as they can with their own wisdom and they've run out of good solutions. And Jesus is happy to welcome them into his kingdom and to give them eternal life. But Pastor Daniel is going to be teaching that there's so much more than being saved from eternal judgment. They've been given blessings they can't comprehend. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 23 as he continues his message, Life in Response.
1: Everything in our lives is initiated by God. Now, here's what I want to tell you. This alone is the battleground of Christianity in contemporary culture, not just Western culture, because our culture tells us you get to do it your way. You do your spirituality, you do your politics, you do your ethics, you do your vocation, you just do your thing. And the Bible has the audacity to say, actually, no, God initiates all of it and God invites us into all of it. I always tell people the Bible is controversial from the very first verse when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because it's saying all of this exists by God and for God and because of God. And I'm here to tell you that your life is not yours to live how you like. Your life is meant to be lived in response to who the Lord is and what he's doing. And I'm here to tell you in each one of our lives on the journey of life, this is where the trouble exists. Because God is saying, listen, there's things that I want to do. There's changes that I want to make. There's transformation that I want to birth in your life. There are things that you have always done, your natural reactions, that I actually want to transform into biblical responses. Just because you were raised that way or you feel comfortable that way is not God's highest desire. He's saying, listen, it starts with me and what I'm doing. And for all of us, we have to learn how to trust that God is God and we are not. That God has a plan, that God has a will, and God is inviting us into that. But for all of us, what's hard is we feel comfortable with what we know, want, and understand. And what I love so much about the scriptures is the scriptures don't pretend like we're not human, doesn't pretend like it doesn't understand how we kind of roll through things. All through your Bible, every biblical account and story of what goes on almost always involves people and what they want and then what God is doing. And we often see people resisting what God is doing, people not liking what God is doing, taking a long time to get on board with what God is doing, and Oftentimes, by the time you get to the end of whatever the story or the account is, you find that at best, people realize that God is good and God knows what he's doing. And the same is true for all of our lives. The same is true for all the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So we have to learn how to remember that God is the initiator. God is the sustainer. God's purposes and plans are going to come to pass whether we are willing participants or not. And so all through the scriptures, it starts with who the Lord is and what he's up to. Scholars call this being Christocentric. Look at your neighbor and say Christocentric. That's a good biblical word. I'll give you a bunch of points on words with friends or Scrabble. The idea is that Jesus gets to be the center it was the writer and theologian, A.W. Tozer. And I'm going to paraphrase him. It's not an exact quote. But he said, I'll never forget when I read it, He said that in the heart of every believer, there is a cross and a throne. And for most people, they keep Jesus on the cross so they can sit on the throne. But for the truly mature believer, they take the cross so Jesus can have his rightful throne. It's a very powerful concept. It's about who sits as preeminent in your heart and your soul. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You might be like, well, listen, right now, Jesus is on the throne, and I am on the cross. But you know, later on today, you get cut off on the highway. You know, it's going to switch real quick, <laughs> right? And so I don't want to be, like, totalistic about it. I just realize that in the journey of life, the key is to let Jesus, as King of kings, take that rightful place on the throne of our hearts. And we are perpetually saying, and that's why Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross when? Daily. We do it one time unto salvation, and then we're constantly denying ourselves and taking up the cross over and over and over again through life unto sanctification, unto maturity and growth in Jesus. I mean, Jesus said this exact same thing in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, which we commonly call the greatest commandment. It says, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, if you've been around crosses for a while, we call this what? Upward, inward, and outward, right? That it always begins with our relationship with God is first. And we love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, according to the apostle John in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. God has initiated the relationship, and we respond, that life in response, we respond to God's love for us with returning love back to him. So it begins with God, so it's upward, this relationship with God, and then it's inward and outward, because we love our neighbors, which is outward as what? As we love ourselves. Now, I know people say, "Oh well, no, the Bible doesn't say you should love yourself. I'm like, just take it up with Jesus. It really, Jesus was quoting the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18. Love your neighbor as yourself as you love yourself, treat others as you would want to be treated. See, the Bible doesn't teach that we don't love ourselves. The Bible teaches that unless we know the love of God, we will always love ourselves in the wrong ways. Because we will love ourselves primarily, self-centeredly. But when you love God, then you see yourself and you love yourself the way God does. And I always like to tell people that God's, the way we love ourselves as believers is through the lens of the cross because that's how God loves us, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we love ourselves in a cruciform shape. What does the cross teach us about ourselves? That we are flawed, that we are broken, that we are rebellious and sinful, and we're also deeply valuable to God and God desires to redeem us. As some scholars say, we are more, Treacherous and broken than we would ever admit. And we're also more loved than we can ever hope for. The cross teaches us that. But it all begins with who the Lord is and what he's doing. And in each one of our lives, at street level where you live, whether it's in your family, or whether it's on your job, whether it's in your school, whether it's in your neighborhood, whether it's in the circumstances that you find yourself in online or in real life, God is working and he's always inviting. And for each one of us, the key is, will I simply respond to Jesus or will I just react as I would naturally to the situations and be like, I wish I didn't do that stuff. I was just talking to someone about this so excited. And this was a, a bunch of months back, not someone here, so I'm not betraying anyone's confidences. But I was talking to someone who, who found themselves in the habit of every day after work having a couple drinks. And they realized, they're like, this is not good. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just lo- like I'm just, I can't wait for this. And they were talking about how they would come home, and it was like the thing that got them excited to go home was to drink and how they had to kind of learn some new ways to embrace being home. And, and, and it's such a simple thing because even if you look at all like the, the science of how habits are formed, it's the same thing where it's like you have this cue and then you have this response to this cue. So like, so like let me give you an example. So like cue, somebody says something that seems to be a little bit biting to me and my response is, I'll make it worse. I'll say something bad about you. And then before you know it, the things, that was mine. In the same way, so it's like you come home and all you do is like, man, all I, I, just, I just need a drink when I get home. No, you don't. You're just used to having one. So instead of having a drink of alcohol, maybe you're just like, hey man, I really love this, you know, coconut water. Or I really, I really love sparkling water. Or you know what, actually, when I get home, I eat one piece of delicious chocolate. See, like, you can insert anything as the reward for getting through your work day. And so much of what God is doing in all of us is he's saying, listen, I know you could do it this way, but actually there's a more excellent way. There's a better way. There's a way that's less destructive. There's a way that actually embraces more and more of what I'm trying to do in your life. And for all of us, we're being invited into it. So it always begins with who the Lord is and what he's doing. But then from there, what we also learn here in Psalm 23, is it is important that you and I don't forget all of God's benefits. Like God's benefit package is extraordinary. And Psalm 23 gives us a whole list of the benefits that come from walking with the Lord and knowing God. Now, I'm gonna say this upfront. The ultimate benefit is not the things he does for us. It's his very presence and his character, okay? So, so God, the personality of God, the Godhoodness of God, God's personhood is more than enough. Like, you will not meet a kinder, more loving, more amazing, more generous, more forgiving person than God. Plain and simple. But with his amazing personality and the way God works and who he is, there also is all of these benefits that come from knowing him. And oftentimes, on the journey of life, we start to forget the benefits. And that's what happens when we start to stray into areas that we don't belong. Like, let's look at Psalm 23 again. Look at these different benefits we see in verse 1. Because the Lord is my shepherd, it says what? I shall not want. So one of his benefits is the gift of contentment. In verse 3, it says, after it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me besides the still waters. And it says, he what? He restores my soul. And then it says, and he leads me in righteous paths for his own namesake. So that you think you can be content. You have a restoration that goes. And the idea of the soul is in the inward person, not the outward person who is interacting with the world, but who you are on the inside, right? And then you also have the benefit of God's leading. And God's leading is down paths of what is right. That's what righteousness means. It means all the things that pertain to what is right, and God is constantly saying, listen, because you know me, I want to lead you down these paths of rightness, the things that make for all that is righteous. But then not only that, in verse four, it says, hey, when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it says, I will what? I'll fear no evil because you are with me. Talk about a benefit. In the midst of scary times, when, when times are scary, we don't have to fear the evils that are around us. Man, I have been quoting this to people all the time because we're living in a day and age now where being really worked up about what's going on in the world is like a calling card for believers. More believers than I've ever seen any other time that people are flipped out over everything. And you're like, hey, it doesn't say that there isn't evil in the world. It says you don't need to fear it because you fear God. But for too many of us, we're fearing, like, oh my God, they're going to take away our Bibles. They're not going to take away our Bibles. Especially if your word is hidden where?
0: Yeah, it's already
1: in there, people. It's, you can't take that away. But like, And I say this because it says one of God's benefits is you don't need to fear the evil in the world. There's been evil in the world since the fall of Adam and Eve. Murder's been in the world since Cain killed Abel unrighteousness has been in the world, all of human experience after the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you don't have to fear the evil. You're aware that it's there, but you don't have to be afraid of it. And it says, one of God's benefits, I'll fear no evil, why? Because you are with me. Talk about a benefit, the presence of God. We keep saying we want to be a people of God's presence. Notice what it says next. It doesn't even stop there. I love this. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love that. There's comfort for us. In verse 5, in the presence of our enemies, it says that God prepares a table before us. I love this. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup what? Runs over. Talk about a benefit. The anointing of someone's head with oil. I realize that, like, you know, we live in a—cosmetics are different in this day and age. Back in the day, all you had was a little oil, right? Right? And, and so the oil was fragrant, and when somebody would anoint your head with oil, it literally spoke of, 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 this, of this blessing, this anointing, and because of God's presence, in the presence of your enemies, your cup is overflowing. Remember I told you in like New Jersey, people would talk very truthfully to you, they'd be mean to you? I didn't think it was mean, they were just honest. I grew up in the kind of place where people are like, listen, you're talking, I just want you to know I don't like you. And so if I walk away, just know it's because I just don't want to listen to you anymore. And so people be like, that's so mean. It's like, at least you knew where you stood. Now people are like, oh, we just, you're so nice. Like, go, oh, I hate that guy, you know? If you're David sitting in the presence of his enemies, like someone could get knifed in that environment. Like someone could get like literally off, like Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes kind of off. Do you know what I mean? Like John Wick style offing, you know what I mean? But David's like, when I'm sitting in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil and I have an overflowing cup. He's, he's like, even in the presence of maybe an altercation that could lead to my death, my cup is overflowing with joy. Talk about a benefit. The kind of person who's not like, yeah, man, I wasn't just totally freaked out sitting at that table, but inside my cup was overflowing. And then, gosh, verse six, is, it's like a powerhouse of benefits. That hope we talked about, that goodness and mercy will pursue me all of my days, my good days and my bad days. And I'm going to have the ability to dwell in God's house forever. Don't forget God's benefits. Listen to David in Psalm 103, verses one to five. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then David starts to list the benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. But let me ask you today, my friend, my brother, my sister, maybe you're here today, you're skeptical Have you forgotten the benefits that come from knowing God? See, one of the things that goes on for all of us, the enemy of your soul wants to obscure the beautiful gifts and blessings of God from our eyes. He comes and says, did God really say, if you eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're surely dying? That's not why God doesn't want you to eat it. He doesn't want you to eat it because he doesn't want you to be like him. God's holding out on you. That's what the enemy does. See, he lies. He's the father of lies. He's been lying since the beginning. And for each one of us, as we're moving through life, the enemy is lying to us. Our culture lies to us and says, no, no, man, you don't want to walk with Jesus. There's a better way. You don't have to deal with all that stuff. You don't have to worship anybody. You can sit at the center of your life. And our culture drives that. And it's in all of our Programs, You know, I'm not anti-TV. I'm not like, listen, you should, you know, kill your television. Don't watch anything on Netflix because Netflix is the evil one. Listen, entertainment is fine, but you realize we're getting pumped this worldview all day long. All your news sources, your phones, my phone, your internet, my internet, all of it. It's pumped through all of it. You're the center. You're the most important. You do it your way. That's pumped through. And then what happens is, is over time, you're like, man, If I didn't follow Jesus, then I can have this benefit. I can do this thing. And then before you know it, you land in that place where you're like, oh, I don't want this guy to rule over me. I don't want to worship Jesus. I want the glory. I want to do what I want. I want to be my authentic self. I'm here to tell you your authentic self needed redemption, and so did mine. Who you are at the core and who I am at the core is broken and fallen. I know this because just look back on your past. Everybody who lived their authentic lives at some point like, I shouldn't have done that. That was really bad. That hurt a lot of people and me. So when you look back, you realize that you living your authentic life is exactly what Jesus has redeemed us from. So we have to remember his benefits. How good is it to move through life with our sins forgiven? Oh, man, I wouldn't go back, not for one second when I carried around the shame and the brokenness of my life before Jesus. I never want to go back there. I remember what it was like waking up in the morning as a college student, being like, what happened last night? That was supposed to be fun. Why did I do that? And I always tell my kids, praise God, this was before everyone had cell phone cameras. I would be virtually unemployable at this point. Because if, if everyone had social media when I was at it, it, would have been horrible. Like, it's just like, there's no way I'd be able to be not only your pastor, anyone's pastor. <laughs> They'd be like, was this you in college? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't miss those days. I don't miss when I did all the things that I was like, man, you did this, this is so much fun. And after it's over, you just feel completely empty on the inside. Like when Jesus said, I remember the first time I read it. What is a profit of man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? And I'm like, that is totally me. I didn't need someone to tell me. It was like I read that. I'm like, that is me. I've gotten everything and I'm lost. I'm empty. I'm numb on the inside. I wouldn't give anything to go back there. Don't forget the benefit of what it means to be forgiven. Don't forget the benefit of what it means to be healed. Oh, and not only the healing from all the, man, the healings from my obsession with myself. Oh, the healings from a worldview that I am the center of my solar system. What a gift to be displaced from the illusion that I am the most important person in the world. Oh, my friends, don't forget that benefit. Don't forget the fact that he redeemed your life from destruction. Man, we can go around, we get, people come up and say, man, this is me in the gutter. I always like to say, Jesus heals from the gutter most to what? The uttermost, right? And some of us have some pretty gnarly stories, don't we? Where we found ourselves in the gutter. And some of us experienced destruction on this side of eternity, but outside of Jesus, ultimate destruction was the inevitable outcome. The benefit of his healing from our destruction. I'm just like walking down the list here that I read to you in Psalm 103, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. All oh, see, now that changes now. Now it's not what he has redeemed us from, but what he has brought us into. Man, do you realize that the King of Kings has crowned us with his loving kindness and his tender mercies? Oh, don't forget his benefits. He himself is the ultimate benefit, but in who he is, he brings such gifts. You know, if anybody goes for a job today, they're like, well, what's the benefits package? And listen, if you never did that, and if you're looking at a job, that's a good question. Because there's health insurance, and there's, there's retirement, and there's all these different things, and maybe you, know, maybe you go to a company, and you're like, hey, man, like, you know, I love that food. And they're like, well, listen, you get 70% off for life. You're like, I'll work there for that, right? That's a good benefit. And God's benefits package is beyond our comprehension. It's an eternal benefits package. It's ages upon ages without end of us walking in the blessedness of what it means to be called a child of God, the beloved of God.
0: Jesus is... The idea of having God change aspects of your life that you might think define who you are can be pretty scary. Thinking of becoming someone different from who you are now, well, that's a sobering line of thinking. Yet as Pastor Daniel taught today, it's God who knows you better than you know yourself. He's the one doing the changing. He wants to remake you into the person he's always wanted you to be and who you will be the most happy as.
1: I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at Jesus'sRealRadio.com.
0: Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Although it's kind of humbling to think of yourself as a sheep, you've got to admit that the comparison's pretty fair. The thing about it, though, is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you know that you have a shepherd who's watching over you all of the time. This is the point that Pastor Daniel tried to get through during this series called Wild. We hope it's been a blessing to you and a help to you in your growth as a Christian. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.